Francis Gargani, Redemptors from our Washington, D.C. Provincial House, here with you once again on the 5th of this month of November. We're definitely into the season of autumn. We also need to adjust our clocks after midnight tonight, adjusting to the rotation of Mother Earth around the sun, allowing daylight to accompany the beginning of our day and early darkness to remind us to take more rest in these coming winter months. Let's attend to the proclamation of this Saturday's gospel passage from Luke chapter 16, verses 9 to 15. Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you, make friends for yourselves with dishonest wealth, so that when it fails, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. The person who is trustworthy in very small matters is also trustworthy in great ones. And the person who is dishonest in very small matters is also dishonest in great ones. If therefore you are not trustworthy with dishonest wealth, who will trust you with true wealth? If you are not trustworthy with what belongs to another, who will give you what is yours? No servant can serve two masters. They will either hate one, love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. The Pharisees who loved money heard all these things and sneered at him. And Jesus said to them, You justify yourselves in the sight of others, but God knows your hearts. For what is of human esteem is an abomination in the sight of God. Like you, I get confused often enough with some of Luke's interpretive reflections on Jesus' parables. Though often a knee-jerk homiletic response to this little teaching, urging us to avoid greed and the love of wealth and power, I suspect more is at stake here. You cannot serve God and mammon, Luke instructs. So is mammon to be understood as success in terms of wealth and material goods as such? Or is it something that has to do with what, with that characteristic highlighted in today's story, trustworthiness, or its opposite, untrustworthiness? And is the virtue of trustworthiness all about whether a person is not deceptive and manipulative, but rather forthright and honest? Is not serving mammon more about serving all that leads to pursuing self-aggrandizement and very little bit about compassion and concern for others, especially the poor and the bereft. Isn't mammon a place where it's all about personal success above anyone or anything else? And if you're in my way, better get out of the way or you'll be trampled. Isn't mammon the land of cutthroat competition, consequently, the land of isolation and alienation? We all know what it is to love money, like the Pharisees, that is, to love the power money represents. Raised in our capitalistic culture, it's hard for us not to look up to those who have been financial successes in our society and instinctively look down on those who have fared poorly. But not only do we not want to fall into the trap of glibly sneering at those who do, not have, who do have wealth, but again, to not get caught up in equating mammon with just financial success and to fall also into the trap of 
the false dichotomy of spiritual as non-material, material things of this world like money as profane and not of God. In and of itself, money, wealth is a good thing and could do lots of good. You know this very well. It's allowing the pursuit of money to so dominate our lives that we put everything out second and sometimes use our need for success to excuse our neglect of our relationships with our spouse or children, family members, or those in need of our compassion and presence. I suspect mammon is the land where our worth comes from wealth and power, from status and success, from values that lead to falsehood and deceit, that lead to dishonesty and distrust, that lead to alienation and ultimately self-destruction, as well as societal divisiveness and breakdown. Abomination in the sight of God indeed, since God is all about unity and harmony, all about gathering everyone and everything around the table of life. To make a choice for God is to make a choice to stand in the sun, to be transparent in all our dealings, to work with others for the common good, and to build a society where all peoples come to know their dignity as daughters and sons of God, and all God's creatures and creation are recognized as sacred. Succession won the Emmy, the best television dramatic series. To me, it's a perfect portrait of mammon and how each member of this very wealthy family pursues power and control to not only each other's detriment, but to their own self-implosion. Hard to watch for me because it's about shriveled human beings whose souls have been sucked of their divine beauty. Everything of their lives, from sex to work to pleasure, is subverted and sabotaged by mammon, greed, lust, and cruelty, their dominant so-called virtues. That it's awarded the best in entertainment not only says something about our culture of mammon, but of our own need to think of ourselves as free of such demonic tentacles. But mammon has a way of deceiving even the best of us, keeping us from recognizing our own way of life is based on the exploitation of others. We can only choose and serve God if we choose and serve the least among us. Our succession is grounded always on being trustworthy of the wild and outrageous hospitality and generosity of God. Take my heart, O Lord, take my hopes and dreams, take my mind with all its plans and schemes. Give me nothing more than your love and grace. These alone, O God, are enough for me. Take my thoughts, O Lord, and my memory. Take my tears, my joys, my liberty. Give me nothing more than your love and grace. These alone, O God, are enough for me. I surrender, Lord, all I have and hold. 
I return to you your gifts untold. Give me nothing more than your love and grace. These alone, oh God, are enough for me. When the darkness falls on my final days, take the very breath that sang your praise. Give me nothing more than your love and grace. These alone, oh God, are enough for me. Amen.